Has it been a great night of worship so far? Amen. We are so glad uh, to be able to share this time with you because this is such a great time of joy, a great time of celebration. Uh, There's an excitement, uh, especially if you have young kids or grandkids around. Uh, You know they are begging for tomorrow morning. Maybe you've got excitement uh, around your family. Maybe you're cooking or somebody else is cooking even better. And so you're excited about the meal you get to share. People are traveling. Families are meeting up. This is the uh, culmination probably of weeks, if not months, of planning as you are getting together and celebrating because this truly is a time of joy. And as we come to the Christmas passages, it's exactly what we read. The wise men that we read a moment ago, when they finally get to see the star and where it's come to rest, it says they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. When the the angel told Zechariah about the child that would be born to him, that would prepare the way for the Messiah, uh, the angel said to him, you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. When Mary went to visit her relative Elizabeth, who was also pregnant, and they were pregnant together, Elizabeth told her that when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. When the angels announced the birth of Jesus to the shepherds outside of Bethlehem, they said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. This is a season of joy, and rightfully so. And we all know that the the fun things we do, the presents, the food, the celebration, the gifts, those are a good expression of joy. But we all know that's not the source of our joy. The source, source of our joy is Christ himself and what he has accomplished in coming to earth to be with us. This night, this season, Christmas is a time of joy because it is a time where we celebrate God with us. The psalmist tell us that in the presence of God, there's fullness of joy. And so Christ, Christmas is a time of joy because God is with us. And truly, this is a time of joy, not just a a simple, lighthearted, easy joy. It's a deep joy, an abiding joy. Christmas is not a time where Christ is asking us to, to sweep all of our burdens and griefs under the rug. No, God knows exactly what we've been through because He came to go through it himself. That's what we recognize at Christmas. Christmas can be a time of joy because he doesn't ignore our sorrows and hardships and pains and griefs. Christmas is a time of joy because Christ came to bear our sorrows. This night, this season, Christmas is a time of great joy because Jesus came to carry our sorrows. That's what Isaiah 53 tells us, prophesying about the Christ who would come It says, He was despised and rejected by man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, as one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and he has carried our sorrows. Christ came that very first Christmas not to ignore our sorrows, not to ignore our pain or dismiss our sorrows and struggles. He came to carry our sorrows. He came so that you would know no matter what you're going through, whether it's this Christmas or in past or in future, you can always know God is with us. He has walked in your shoes. He has been what you, been through what you have been through. He has faced all temptation. He has faced sorrow and grief and sadness and hunger and homelessness and thirst and every range of human emotion so that you could know He's been there and He is with us. And He does more than just acknowledge our sorrows he carries them. 
and he does what we needed most. You see, our sin, our grief, our pain, our, the things we do wrong separated us from God. And only when we believe in Christ are we united to God once more. He carried our sorrows in a way that he overcame them so that we could be with God. The brokenness of the world surrounds us with grief and pain and fear and anxiety. But Christ proved once and for all that God wins. God wins. And he will make all things right in the end. Maybe it won't surprise you then as we think not just about Christ at Christmas, but also on the cross. Maybe it won't surprise you that there's one other very important time that the phrase great joy shows up. Uh, I've told you before that the word joy shows up a lot in the Bible, but great joy seems to be reserved for some pretty important moments in the Bible. That's what the angels told the shepherds, and that's what the women experienced who came to the tomb that first resurrection Sunday when they were looking for Jesus's body. They came and the angel there told them, uh, the, the angel said to the women, do not be afraid for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here for he is risen. And so we read about the women. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. So yes, there was fear. There was so much to be, uh, so much uncertainty, but there was also great joy. Why? Because Christ is not dead. He is alive and still is alive today. This night, this season, Christmas is a time of great joy because Christ came to carry our sorrows and he turns our sorrows into joy when he overcame the grave. Sorrow is turned to joy and that is a, a popular Christmas theme that we see all throughout, maybe, maybe just about every Christmas movie in some form or fashion. One of the most famous being Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Perhaps you're familiar with Ebenezer Scrooge and his cold-hearted, greedy, miserly ways, especially as he was uh, rough to his, he was, he was very uh, frugal with his uh, employee, Bob Cratchit. And a heart aches for that family as you read that story or watch that uh, on film, because this kind family is poor, they're struggling, they're hungry, and they're needy. And a heart aches especially for their youngest son who's crippled, Tiny Tim. Because, because of one very uh, important and eye-opening night for Ebenezer Scrooge, he wakes up on Christmas morning a changed man. That day he gives a, a turkey to the, the, the Cratchit the, the, um, what's their last name? The Cratchit, Cratchits, yeah, the Cratchit family. And he, he raises Bob's salary uh, that next day so that they can, they can uh, do better. And then the, the sorrow turned to joy is captured in the famous line from, from, from Tiny Tim. He says, God bless us, everyone. A family that had started out in sorrow ends the story turned into joy. Christmas doesn't promise that, that you're going to get an extra turkey delivered or a raise the day after Christmas every year. But Christmas does promise that God is taking our hardest things, the most difficult things, and he's making them right. He's making them good. But it's because he came to be with us and he came and defeated the ultimate enemy, death itself, and overcoming the grave. This night, this season, Christmas is a time of great joy because Christ carries our sorrows. And that's what we remember even tonight as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together. We come knowing that Christ came to a manger, but we also come remembering the Lord's table, the bread and the juice that's given to represent God's, 
Christ's body and blood that was shed for us. The Lord's Supper is a special way for us to remember what Christ has done and also to proclaim our faith in Him, that His death and resurrection has washed away our sins. So therefore, it is a meal for all those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. So if you do not yet believe in Christ, it is okay for you to allow the, the servers to pass before you and, and just let us know that you're not partaking tonight, and that's totally fine. And we would love to talk with you more uh, about that. We're going to prepare our hearts for this meal, and we're going to receive this as a way of remembering what Christ has done and what He's done on our behalf. As we prepare our hearts, I want to read for us a, a couple um, things from a, a variety of traditions to prepare us for this time, and this will be on the screen for you uh, as I read. Christ calls, calls the bread His body and the cup His blood, or the new covenant in His blood. Christ has good reason for these words. He wants, us to, he wants to teach us by His supper that as bread and drink sustain us in this temporal life, so His crucified body and shed blood are true food and drink for our souls to eternal life. But even more important, He wants to assure us by this visible sign and pledge, first that through the working of the Holy Spirit, we share in His true body and blood, as surely as we receive with our mouth these holy signs in remembrance of Him, and second, that all His suffering and obedience are as certainly ours as if we personally had suffered and paid for our sins. The Lord's Supper declared to us that all our sins are completely forgiven through the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which He Himself accomplished on the cross once for all. Now I want to lead us in a prayer of confession as we prepare our hearts to receive this meal. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. We have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I'm going to invite uh, Dan and Travis to come up and help me uh, serve these elements to you. For all who are believers, we're going to bring uh, these trays to you. And when, you, when the tray comes to you, you can grab uh, the cup and the juice. And then I invite you to hold them uh, as we will then partake of the elements together uh, as a church family as we continue to worship together. 